Well, hello guys. I just want to start off with something, something a little fun. I'm going to say something and I want you guys to respond. It's anyone that, that is comfortable to do this. Um, you don't have to if you're not comfortable to, but I'm going to say, where are my dogs at? And I want some people to like, to bark. Okay? So, okay. Where are my dogs at? Yeah, okay. Where are my dogs at? Yeah, okay, okay. I just, I just wanted to do that. Um, so, yeah, where are my dogs at? Right. One of my dogs is here, George. Um, he did me such a solid right before I came up here. He was like, bro, you got a little bit of hair product still in your, in your hair, and it's like not blended. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um, but, yeah, let's just go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into this. Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful and humbled to be up here today. Um, calm my mind. Calm my heart, Lord. Fill, 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 my, fill my mouth with the words that you want to speak, Lord. Lord, this is, this is your church. I'm yours. I'm your vessel, Lord. Guide my thoughts. Guide my words, Lord. And let us be, be a people that are open to hear what you have for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. What does it matter to you? You follow me. But what about like all of the, what does it matter to you? You follow me. But what about him? What does it matter to you? You follow me. This is what Jesus told Peter after, after Peter was reinstated and, and was given his call and, and he was shown how he was going to die. What does it matter to you? You follow me. Peter had pointed this question, pointed this question to, to John of, what about him? Is he going to die the same way? Is he going to live the same life? And Jesus says, what does it matter to you? You follow me. And this is a, the, the goal of, of my sermon is to kind of imprint that into your guys' minds of what does it matter to you? You follow me. Remembering and reminding ourselves that it is Jesus that is saying that to, to Peter and oftentimes us whenever we find ourselves scared, afraid, or in an unwanted uh, decision that is a call from the Lord. And I know that growing up, at least for me, and I know it's probably true for some of you guys, you look at your siblings or you look at your friends and see what they have, and, and you think, man, there's this better, there's this newer, there's this cooler. Or maybe even you, you, you think, man, mine's better. I have, I have the, the newer one. My, mine is a better color, mine looks better. Um, so oftentimes with those potentials, we're in a world of betters, right? We're in a world where, where we're caught up in a lot of the things of this world, right? That we lose sight of what's in front of us. We lose sight of what God has called us to, and we have a hard time walking faithfully in that. See, for us, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy for us as a people to get distracted with, with what is right next to us, what we see in the future, what we've done in the past, we get caught up in those things. We get distracted. And that is the same thing with where God, is, where God has you. See, where God has you, it may be a place that you don't want to be. Maybe it's a place that you weren't expecting to be a year ago, six months ago, a month ago, a week ago, a day ago. But when it comes to whether it's the, the big thing, the big calling on your life, the specific calling on your life, or the small things to do something like like going and talking to someone, going up and, and just saying, hey, I'm proud of you. Hey, I love you. There are these, these small things, these tasks, experiences 
this, the, the opportunities for wisdom, the opportunities to learn and to, to serve. It's easy for us to get distracted because some of those things we don't want to do. A lot of those things we don't want to do. It's uncomfortable, it's not fun, it's not, not what the, the world deems as, as exciting or as cool or as smart. And our typical human response whenever things are, are, are scary or unwanted is to try and to, to push our focus away from it. If it's not our desire, we don't want it. If it's not our desire, we want to go as far away from it and we're gonna, we're gonna do as much as we can to stay away from it. And oftentimes, I know at least for myself that this calling that the Lord gives us, whether it is this very specific big calling on our life or if it's just simple things within the Bible, um, it can and it will be scary. It can and it will be undesired. It can and it will be sometimes not smart in our eyes. And I don't want us to deny that fact. I don't, I don't want us to, to say, yeah, but it's, it's what God wants, right? Completely invalidating who we are as humans. I want us to, to not deny that, but identify that as uncomfortability and recognize that there's a tension. There's a tension for us in that and know that it is there. The title of my sermon today is You Follow Me, based off of this question of what does that matter to you, and Jesus says, you follow me. And my mission statement today is, give yourself grace to have a human response to a holy calling, but always end it with a faithful step. Don't let your human response dictate your direction. So the whole basis of this is, to listen, listen to, to what God is calling you to. Again, whether it's the specific thing or if it's the little things, the, the simple things. Then to remember your humanity, allow yourself to be human. But don't let that, don't let that depict where you're going. Don't let that be the direction in which you go. But instead, stand up faithfully with the Lord and walk with the Lord in what he has called you to do. So today we're going to be in, uh, again, we're going to be in John 21. We're going to be going through verse 18 and through 22. And again, this is, um, this is a story. This is at the very end of the Gospel of John. This is the last book of, um, this is the last Gospel. And this is after the fact that Jesus had died on the cross. He had rose again, and now he's showing himself to his disciples. Um, and the main, the, the main person, the main character in this story is Peter. And what happened was, was that he, he, he was filled with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. Uh, if we look back at Luke 22, it says, The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So Peter had denied Jesus three times. And he realized that, that he, he felt like he, he failed Jesus. He felt like he didn't do his job, that he wasn't, he wasn't able to fulfill what he was to do in faithfully walking with God. And so at the start of John 21, it, it talks about Peter going back to fishing. With all of this guilt and with all of this shame, he, he was like, man, I think I just, I just want to go back to fishing. I don't know if this ministry life is for me. I don't know if this discipleship life is for me. I know that Jesus said that I would be a fisher of men, but I think I just, I think I just want to be a fisherman. 
But then it goes to the famous story of, of Jesus reinstating Peter. Jesus had asked Peter, do you love me? And, and Peter said, yeah, I, of course I love you. You know this. And so Jesus said, then feed my lambs. And then he, says, he asks it a second time. Peter, do you love me? Simon Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yeah, of course I do. And so Jesus says, take care of my sheep. And then finally, he asks again, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah. So then Jesus says, then feed my sheep. So it is the, those three times to kind of equate to the, the three times that Peter had denied Jesus. And that's where we pick up in this story in John 21. So we're going to start off in verse 18. And we're going to go 18 to 22. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Verse 20, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. You follow me. This is the basis in which we follow, the basis in which we surrender, is the idea that we follow Jesus. And I, I very much guarantee that Peter was going through a lot of emotions. He thought his ministry life was over. He, he felt like he failed Jesus. He was ready to just go back to fishing. He's ready to just be a normal person because he, he thought that that's it. But Jesus reinstated. He redeemed the story in which Peter thought was over. See, Peter knew he messed up. And he, with, with, getting the, with being reinstated, he says, I don't, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to mess this up. So he was happy. He was, he was probably fired up. He was excited that he was reinstated. But then as he gets this, this call of how he is going to die, he gets confused. He gets scared. And I know that if I found out that I was going to die a death, that was going to be gruesome, that I was going to be crucified, I would be scared. I, I could come up here and be someone macho and say, no, if it's for the Lord, I, I'll do it. But I know that my human response will be, I'm, I would be scared. I know that me as a human, I, I would be scared. So Peter had that, that utmost human response to a holy calling. But I wanna, before we go further into that, what is, what is a calling, what is a holy calling? We see, we talk about what a calling is a lot. Um, we're called to this, we're called to that. Man, I feel like I was called to, but what is it? Church, um, translated from Greek, is a called out assembly or a purpose-filled assembly. In other words, a called out people. And so we as a people are called to salvation and transformation through Jesus's blood. It is our call to grow and mature in faith. And it's really awesome that, um, 
Garrett went through that piece of scripture because that's some of the scripture that I have in Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, we all have purpose. We are a purpose-filled assembly. We are a called-out assembly. Before, before we um, got in here and set up, uh, me and Zach were sitting in the car, and we happened to see Garrett. And he was talking about the same book that he was reading, and he went on to, he went on to talk about that we are going um, and doing from victory, not for victory. Right, and then we, I want to look back at Zach's sermon uh, about a month ago, and he, he talked about we, we do not love to convert, but we love to out of our conversion, right? And we, we love because he first loved us, right? The things that we do from our transformation, we go towards in our purpose because of what Jesus has done. See, if we look at that, if we look at that scripture, that piece of scripture again, in Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus. In other words, we are reborn. We are transformed through his blood to do good works. It is because of our transformation in him that we can do, that we will do. And it's a constant, it's an ongoing thing to grow in our faith, to go towards our call. It's about faithful, the faithfulness in our steps. It's something that is to happen, but there is something that... that I, f- I feel like may need to happen in order for us to get there. And that's what brings me to my points. And that's first, to listen. Sorry, my first point is to listen. So Peter 100% listened to Jesus in that moment. Because if not, he wouldn't have given a reaction. He definitely heard what Jesus said. He knew that, that he was going to die a death. That, he, that no one would ever want to die. But I think it's important to learn to listen in, in, in our sense and for us and what we do. Because if we do without listening, especially in the kingdom of God, if we do without listening, we are going without direction. One of the worst things that we can do as Christians is, or live a life for Christ is doing the things for Christ without walking with Christ. So may we start to believe that, that we are a purpose-filled or a called-out assembly, and from that, let's invite him into what we are doing and walk with him through it. And I want us to remember, to simplify down, listening to the commands that Jesus has given us. I think so, so often we get caught up in the very specifics. I know I, I did for a while. I was... I was saying, God, what is, what is this big calling on my life? What is, this, what is this exact thing that I'm going to be doing? And I was so, so excited for that. And then whenever I was getting the hope in, in my calling and I wasn't getting it, I was stuck in the waiting, I was, I was disappointed. I was like, God, I'm done with the waiting. I, I, I just want to, I just want to do it. I just want to know already. But may we not forget the simple commands that Jesus had already, has already said in the Bible. To love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. That we are to walk with God in what we do. Invite him in. That he is the one that will give us rest. That he, that he is the one that will provide. That he is the one 
that will be there with us through the storm. Too often we miss these and we forget these things. But let's listen to the fact that first, Jesus wants you to walk alongside him in what you do. I can almost imagine in those times whenever I get caught up in what, what I, I, I think I should be doing or what is my calling, my specific calling in this life. And Jesus is just saying, focus on me. Remember that I am what you need me to be. Start to believe that I am what you need me to be. Keep your eyes on me. I am the one that will provide. I am the one that will love you well. I can imagine him saying it to me oftentimes. What does it matter to you? You follow me. So may we simply see what he says. That he is the one that calls us to love, to action, to discipleship, to repentance, to follow him. It is made clear to Peter to follow him. May it it be something that is clear for us that we can start to believe that those things, those distractions, whenever we are called to something, what doesn't matter, we follow him. And whenever it comes to calling, I just, I just want this to be um, something that I, I definitely say, that not everyone is called to vocational ministry, not everyone is called to full-time ministry. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't have a purpose-filled life. That just means that you may be called to do something in your workplace. You may be called to do something maybe in sports, maybe in school. Whatever it is, you are called to something. You are a purpose-filled person sitting here. And I want to also um, say that the answers will not be clear all the time. That is why it's so cool that we have the opportunity and ability to pray. We have the opportunity and ability to ask for intercession, and we have the opportunity and ability to read our Bible. It is something that, that can give us so much peace, so much direction, because oftentimes we do forget about those little things or, or the simple things, the things that have already been written down that is there for us. I think if you haven't felt a calling on your life, there, there may be a calling for you. Maybe it'll come later. Maybe it'll come soon. Maybe it'll hit you like a wall. I don't know. But when in the waiting, may I encourage you to go back to the simple truths, the simple gospel, the simple things that, that we already see in the Bible. The things that, that God has already said. The things that have already been recorded. Miracles, the, the, the commands, the commandments, the things that are within the Bible that we are called to do. And let us remain rooted in the truth in those times of waiting. And I encourage you to maybe pray this prayer of God, I don't want to lose sight of the simple. Help me to remember the simple things because I want to hold those as the most important things. And I know that in those times whenever we do listen and we are directed somewhere, it oftentimes can be something that is unwanted for us, something that we don't want to do. Which brings me to my second point of allow yourself to be human. 
See, Peter, Peter points to John, um, and he says, what about him? Is he going to die the same way that I'm going to die? Um, is he going to have to go through everything that I go through? See, having faith is not easy, and to expect things to always go the way our hearts desire is unwise. I remember whenever I, I felt the call to go towards full-time ministry, and I remember my response. I remember saying, God, why would I be doing this? I'm almost done with college. I've been working so hard since middle school to have a plan out for myself, to be ready to go and do something big in the world, whether that be to become a doctor, to go into business. I was so ready, I was almost done with school. I personally thought that it wasn't a smart idea for me to drop out of school, to drop everything that I was doing and just go. And I remember that I felt a lot of shame for thinking those things. I remember being told that after I said, oh, I don't think it's a smart idea, and someone said, don't call it a, uh, don't call it a dumb idea if it's, from, if it's from God. And I want, I want us to just remember that we are human. It is often forgotten that we are human. And it's not a bad thing, but it is something that we should acknowledge. It's something that's forgotten and should be acknowledged. See, because we, 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 we end up invalidating our experience, our reality. Um, and we, we bring a lot of shame. But I want us to remember to embrace that human response. And from that, invite God in to give us the holy perspective. See, I think we put an expectation on ourselves that we need to go from hearing our calling, hearing what we're supposed to do, straight into doing it. That it's just jump right in, just do it. But I don't want us to forget that there's a humanity aspect within our lives, that we are born human. Because the reality is that God will give us more than we can handle. I know I've always, I've always heard it that God will never give you more than you can handle. I, I firmly believe that he will give you more than you can handle. Because when given a holy calling, we're given something that we can only do if we walk alongside him. It's something that we can do only with him, with the strength that he gives us, with the power that he gives us, with the grace and mercy that he gives us. So it makes sense that our mind doesn't like it or want it whenever we are called to something that we can only do with the strength of God. Because if not, we fall and we burn out, we lose sight, we lose track, and we end up relying on ourselves and that it never ends well. But see, nothing is too much when we depend on the divine assistance of the Holy Spirit. So let's invite God in start learning to listen and give ourselves grace to have a human response to a holy calling. And now with that, it brings me to my third point of stand up and go. With these things that, that we have, that we've learned, learning to listen and give ourselves a human, and allow ourselves to have a human response, let's now stand up and go. In this story, we don't, we don't see what Peter does. 
See, we don't see, we just hear him say, what about John? And Jesus says, what does that matter to you? You follow me. But if we, basically, if we turn the page and go into Acts 1, um, right after Jesus ascends, um, they're praying for who's going to replace Judas. And in Acts 1, verse 15, it says, in those days, Peter stood up among the believers so in this time of, of prayer and this time of trying to figure out uh, who's going to replace Judas, which was Matthias, um, Peter is the one that takes the lead. Peter is the one that, that goes ahead and, and, and leads the people into what the decision is going to be. And I couldn't help as I was preparing for this sermon uh, and reading through that and realizing that in that moment, Peter stood up the one, that, the one that was originally a fisherman that, that casted his nets aside. The one that, that walked on water but lost sight of Jesus and started to sink, started to drown. The one that, that denied Jesus three times. The one that, the one that deflected his, his calling and what was going to happen to him and says, what about him? Is now the one that is taking lead and, and he stood up and he led. I couldn't help but in my sermon prep think of the heart of Jesus for a second. Thinking about how proud Jesus would be to see Peter, the one that went through the doubting and the worrying and the deflecting and the losing sight, losing direction. Sees Peter, the one that is taking charge. Peter, the one that is fulfilling his calling, the one that is walking in faith to stand up and go. See, Peter had a human response, but he didn't let that depict the direction he went. So let's not stay in our human response. Let's not let our human response be what guides us. Peter stood up and led because of the grace Jesus presented and gave him. Again, Peter stood up and lead and led because of the grace Jesus presented and gave him. Not because of what he, he was doing, not because it was, it was to gain back the trust of Jesus. But Jesus gave him the opportunity, gave him the calling. And from that transformation, Peter stood up and went. See, Peter was, was ever growing in his faith as he continued to walk alongside Jesus. And faith has been a challenge. It always will be a challenge, but, but Peter grew. See, again, he dropped his nets, he walked on water, and now he's the one that's leading faithfully. But maybe we remember that he, he also doubted and he questioned. He was fearful. He denied Jesus. He did things that... that that oftentimes is something that, that we do that we wish we didn't. Because we are the, the ones that oftentimes forget our humanity. And see, maybe you, you, may be, you may be bad at listening. Maybe it's hard for you to listen. Maybe you're someone that's good with initiative, but it's not as easy to invite the Lord in what you do. I just want us to remember that one of the worst things that we can do for ourselves is live a life for Christ. 
without walking with him and inviting him in to what you are doing. Maybe it's, it's hard to recognize your humanity. You remember that you're human. And you end up getting a calling, but you neglect your humanity. And you put this false expectation on yourself. Put that expectation um, in place of God's love and grace for you. You start to do, and you start to, to have your calling as your identity instead of Jesus, instead of what Jesus has called you to. Maybe it's hard to stand up and go. Some, including me, are really good at listening and then saying, uh, I, I don't really want to. I don't think this is something that I want to do. Uh, or starting to question, I don't want to take that step. And are saying, like, I have too much on the line. That was, that was the case for me. I was so ready to be done with college, graduate. I had a job lined up. I was so ready. So I understand. And when sometimes we, we just start doing to perform, start doing um, in, in, in distractions and trying to get away from that calling. And so if this is your first time here, we're going to go into this thing called silence, silence and solitude, um, which is 10 minutes where we're just going to spend with the Lord. We're going to spend time you can... I'll give you guys a prompt, and we'll get into the 10 minutes. But um, I thought it was really cool. I, I listened to a John Mark Homer sermon that I think he just did last week. And he was explaining what silence and solitude was. And what he said was, silence and solitude, the goal is to create an emotional and spiritual place where Jesus can build a sanctuary and we can commune with God. And this is something that John Mark Homer um, said. He said, imagine your favorite place to pray. For me, that's going here in Carlsbad, going on the boardwalk, putting on some instrumental music and just walking. And, and then after that, he says, the goal is to let Jesus build that inside of you, to let it not be just the, the place that you're praying, but when, whatever you feel, whenever you go on that prayer walk or whenever you do that prayer, that's something that Jesus can build inside of you. That in your inner self, that you can carry around this, this sanctuary, this place that Jesus has built up, no matter what or where you are. Yeah, you can always retreat to his presence and his peace within the sanctuary that he's built inside of you. And so that's just simply what um, silence and solitude is. And now I want us to bring us to the prompt. And that this is a, um, to write down a prayer, whether that's in your, in your notes on your phone or if you have a notebook, write it in your notebook. But I want you to pray this prayer of where you feel like you're struggling. Maybe it's listening. Maybe it is validating the fact that you are human, remembering that you're human. Maybe it's standing up and going, having the boldness to just take that step. And, and I want us to ask God and to bring God into this, but I don't want it to be so you can get a game plan out of it, so that you, you know exactly what your next step in what your next step is in it. I just want this to be an exercise of inviting God in to our lives, inviting God into what we are doing. So this simply is just an exercise to, to write down where you think you're struggling 
and invite God into that so that he may give you a holy perspective into what you're struggling with, into what you're being called to, into what this, this life is, what this life and this meaning is. And, and so, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Let me, let me play some music so we can get the spirit in here.
what does it matter to you? You follow me. Again, the whole goal of this, of this sermon is to have this imprinted in our minds of what does it matter to you? You follow me. The whole goal of silence and solitude is to remember who you follow. And as a result, that is who you invite in, into what you do, into who you are, into where you are called to be. And I'll go ahead and invite uh, Zach and Garrett back up here. Um, not you. <laughs> but I know that some of you may feel lost in the waiting. And I don't want us to focus on the exact specifics of what is the exact next step that I need to take. Let's go, instead go back to, to the one that is always faithful, the one whose word is always faithful. And let's go back to the basics, go back to what Jesus has said. If you feel like everyone but you should have the grace to have a human response, give yourself a second to validate your reality. Because it's, it's scary. It's hard. It's difficult. But give God the space to give you a holy perspective a holy perspective into what may seem as scary. If it's hard to take a faithful step, understand it won't be easy. But let that holy perspective guide your direction. And I want us to be guided in this with a spiritual discipline this week is do what we just did this week. 10 minutes, silence and solitude. Allow Jesus to build the sanctuary in your mind, in your heart. And identify through prayer what that is, where that silence and solitude is. Invite God into that. Again, the goal of this sermon is to remember who, who you follow and in turn, who you invite in. Invite him into your mind. Invite him, invite him into your space, into your silence and solitude. Let it be a time with you and him. Let's not forget the basics to pray, to be in a time of silence and solitude with the Lord, the one that invites us into that, the one that wants us to be there in it with him. So I'll go ahead and pray, pray us and we'll go back into the time of worship. Lord God, I'm, I'm so thankful that you tell us time and time again to focus on you, that we follow you, that it is you that we get the opportunity to surrender, that there's a calling on our life, a purpose in our life, that we are a purpose-filled people. Lord, let us remember to invite you into that, to know that we follow you and in turn, we invite you in. We invite you into our sanctuary. Lord, you are our sanctuary. Guide us, be with us, and let us remember that, that this life on our own 
is impossible, but life with you is beautiful. Life with you is amazing. It may be hard, but Lord, let us remember that there is peace in your name, that there is mercy in your name, that there is love in your name. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.